Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. If you're anything like Sayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we've brought you an awesome guest, Dina Buchanan, all the way from Orlando, Florida. And just a little bit about Dina. She is the Director of Investor Relations at PCRP Group, a firm that provides direct access to tax advantage passive income commercial real estate opportunities. And she's been investing in both residential and commercial properties in the U.S. and internationally for over 19 years and has acquired or has been responsible for overseeing approximately $200 million of assets under management. So Dina, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you and really dive into what you've been up to and how you are involved in real estate and how you even got started. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Eileen. It's so happy and honored to be here. So Dina, I'd love to start off by, you know, if you could share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate. Sure. Gosh, it seems like yesterday and forever ago, you know, my husband and I were at a crossroads. We had gotten married. We were in our mid thirties. We wanted to start a family. I mean, we both had taken the traditional route of going to school, getting college degrees and had those corporate jobs that we're supposed to have and all the certifications and different things that you're supposed to get. And we always felt like something was missing. We always wanted more time. We were very, very passionate about traveling and we love to travel and we wanted to start a family. And we just took a look at, well, gosh, if we take one of our salaries out for somebody to be at home with the kids, that literally cuts our income in half. And we were trying to think about, well, what will we do about that? Because we had it on good authority that kids were very expensive and that's not untrue, right? <laughs> and so it seemed like a recipe for a disaster. So we were in search of what to do. And we looked at everything from franchises and we always would circle back to real estate, whether it be a book that we read or a class that was coming to our area or somebody was giving a class online. We were always like, okay, let's go listen. And we just were really passionate about it. So we got involved And we got educated, learned, had some coaches and mentors, great coaches and mentors to help us along the way. Highly, highly recommend that. Um, And we started really in 2002 with residential. I mean, we bought our first apartment building in 2007. It was a 27 unit building in, of all places, Wichita, Kansas. And we had some partners there. So boots on the ground, which was important. We loved, once we got into commercial, it was um, the word I used when I was talking to a friend was intoxicating. Like we just (laughs) got, it's almost like an addiction, right? Because it's like, oh my gosh, we can exponentialize our returns so much more with this. 
and actually do less of the work, not more. So it was great. And then that led to the next one and the next one. And one of the other things that we leveled up again was with passive income. So probably like three or four years later, we started investing in different syndications and realizing that, wow, we can take our money and let the money go to work for us, as opposed to us working inside of our deals or even working on our own deals, which we still have some of a lot of our own things, but we really outsource that and take advantage of the passive income. And that really was the key that gave us that lifestyle of financial independence or being able to travel and do different things with your family. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you had mentioned that, especially with the kids and everything. Time is so precious for us. And especially working and going the traditional path, it's great. You know, it's a great source of income. It's able to help you repel your real estate investing if you're looking to do that. But at the same time, something that's kind of missing on our end is we're trying to search for and create that additional time for ourselves so we can spend it with our kids, we can spend it with our families or wherever we decide to choose. Absolutely. I always think and believe that time is our most precious resource. As investors, I'm sure you've experienced as well. We love to give back and we love to help those that that maybe are in a situation or less fortunate or, or charity and organization, things like that. But there is something special about being able to give of your time to your family, to those causes, to the people that you love. That's just something, you know, we can always make more money, but we can't make more time. Not yet anyway. Yes. So throughout this entire journey so far, have you and your husband still continued to work the W-2 job or how did you guys balance the whole investing and working and kids? Well, we actually, it was really interesting. We quit our corporate jobs. I think we were about three months in to our business and my husband came to me and he said, Hey, this is, you know, when I put this much time into my job, this is how much I'm making when I put this much time into our business, this is how much I'm making. And I said, well, gosh, you should quit. He goes, great. I'm, I already did. (laughs) So that was kind of baptism by fire, so to speak. And then right in the middle of our first year, we got pregnant with our first child. So I went on maternity leave and just didn't go back. So it really, it gave us a big why, you know, especially having the kids, you know, you want them, but As you know, as a mom, like once you have them, you just can't even imagine life without them, but you would do anything for them. And so it just really made the why stronger. And when you love what you do, which we both do, you really don't work. It's something you want to do. Not like you don't have days where you're not, oh my gosh, this was a crazy day or a busy day, but it always for the purpose that you want it to be for. Yeah, absolutely. Being able to have that choice on what you want to do and being and really fully enjoying where you're spending your time. Absolutely. hundred percent. And we love to travel. So that's always (laughs) good too. So, you know, when people start thinking about real estate and investing in real estate, what things that come to mind is I need a ton of money to be able to get into it and to be able to have enough income to at least cover my expenses. I'm going to need to invest quite a bit of money in order to create Mm -hmm. that passive income for ourselves. And so can you share a little bit about your path to being able to create that passive income so that you guys were comfortable enough that you had the sufficient funds to cover the necessities of life? Absolutely. So with residential real estate, which is where we started, we started to literally just do wholesale assignments and flip houses. But I will tell you the first investment that we made was in ourselves. You are your best investment, right? 
And so the things that we put into ourselves is what we can expect out of ourselves. So we initially, we started off, we got educated and we got coaching and mentoring from a company that was very, very reputable at the time. This was years ago. And I really, that path for us was amazing because we were with people that were already doing what we wanted to do. But that's really how we started. We started to work on residential deals and we had a plan. It was kind of like flip, flip, hold, flip, flip, hold. And so we flipped to create cash and then we held for passive income. So we started to see right away, we were going to have to do on single families, a lot of holes to get to where we wanted to be financially, where we didn't have to trade time for money. Because even in real estate, you can trade time for money. Even in the syndications, if you're the operator, you're definitely actively investing in the deal. So it's not a good, bad, right, or wrong thing. It's just to distinguish what you're doing. So that's when we hit on that commercial deal and got involved with that. That was really a game changer because the cash flow yearly on that commercial deal was equal to just about one of our full year salaries when we were working in our corporate job. So one deal that was wow. So that's where we're like, well, wait a minute, maybe we need more of these. <laughs> you know, we certainly didn't start there. That was like three, four years down the line for us. That's really what started it off. So what I would say to anybody is that doesn't have to be your path. That's just the way we did it. I think that anybody starting out, residential is always great. If you've never done any of it before, it's always a great way to start, but you don't have to start there. I'm sure there are a lot of people on this that maybe they're in a position where they have maybe some liquidity and they want to invest passively. And the way for people like that would be a syndication. That's a great way to get started where you can take that income and it can start earning, you know, double digit returns depending on the syndication and, and the property and what type. And, and it can be in multifamily. Uh, it can be in other things too, but primarily multifamily. I mean, you'll get the tax benefits as an owner, because technically when you're part of the syndication, you are, you can have, depending on how it's structured, an equity positioning. So you get some tax benefits and you get a return and you don't have to do anything for that. In other words, your money is the one working for you. So if somebody wanted to transition, they could do it that way as well. In hindsight, I wish I would have done a little bit more passive earlier. I wouldn't change a thing as far as our results and, and the journey. But somebody asked me if you could do something different, what would it be? And I would start sooner and buy more. That would really be it because... For passive, it's just been incredible. Think about think about if everybody on here is old enough to remember 2008 and the trajectory of what happened, we had a lot of passive income properties. And the beautiful thing about that was, yes, they lost value as far as the equity. Everybody's did, but what up was our cash flow because more people were renting. So it's really such a game changer as far as why we love that and different ways to get started. So once you discovered passive investing, and when you say passive investing, can you elaborate a little bit more about the difference between the true passive investing and actually doing your fix and flips where you're actively managing and touching the real estate itself? Absolutely. So active income is when we're working inside of the deal. Even if we have, let's say a single family home that we're going to flip, 
And we've got, obviously, I'm not a contractor, but we hire contractors. We're still active in the deal from the standpoint we are managing, unless you hire somebody to manage. And of course, when you're starting out, we're usually much more hands-on. So you're usually managing. So you are a part of that deal, a part of the everyday things that go on with that deal. And it is a job. And it's, again, not that that's bad. It's just, it's what it is. So your time, you're putting a lot of time in that. So that would be active income. Now, I had many mentors and one of my mentors said, you know, when you're doing residential active income, it's definitely not a bad thing because when we flip the house and we pay off our private money lender, if we used a private money lender for that, any expenses that we had on that house and the team and the contractors and everybody that worked on that house, then the profit, you most cases investors can look at a a five-figure profit on on a deal like that. Um, And so you can take that money and you can use it to buy one or two more deals. And so you start gaining some cash or capital and that cash or capital, we want it to work harder for us, right? Because money sitting stagnant, especially these days is losing money because of inflation, the value of our dollar going down. That's a whole other subject, but That is something that why I'm very passionate about investing our money to work. So we did very similar to, we were talking about the flip, flip, hold. So we would buy and sell to create that cash so that we could take that cash and invest it to create passive income or long-term wealth, if that helps. Now, passive investing is when your money goes to work for you. So let's say we can do it with residential again. Let's say it was going to be on a single family home, a duplex, even a small 12 unit, we could definitely take that property, fix it up, hold it in a you know one of our business entities, have a property manager manage it, which I highly recommend because otherwise that is definitely a lot more active income. And then we get cash flow after principal, interest, taxes, insurance, maintenance, management, all of those things are paid, then it pays for us as well too. So that's passive income. If you're looking at passive investing the way we do it with PCRP, we call that almost portfolio income or interest income where our money from our passive income properties. Because if you think about it, an investor at some point, once they reach their, whatever their financial independence number is, where they don't have to work a job anymore, they're going to have a surplus of capital at some point. And we want that money to take it, put it into passive investing where it can make more money as well. And that's really what can send somebody into a retirement early or level them up in retire in retirement if they want, allow them to have some of the extra things, give back, whatever speaks to them. Yeah, absolutely. And so you personally focus on investing in climate resilient markets. Yes. Can we you, do. Can you share a little bit about what does that really mean and what do you look for when you're, you know, investing in those types of markets? Absolutely. Well, with PCRP Group, our company, we create syndications with operators and we focus on what we call climate resilient markets. It's no, you and I were just talking before we got on the call and on the cast, it was, wow, the weather and the things that are happening, fires, flood, drought, hurricanes, and they're happening at a tremendous rate wherever anybody stands on the climate debate or however they feel about that, this is not what that is. As an investor, these things that we all can acknowledge, these things are happening. And what 
there's smart people and very smart people. And I think very smart people are looking two years, five years down the line. Because if you think about even five years ago and the amount of storms we had even compared to today, it's changing that quickly. So imagine this, an investor is in a coastal market, let's say, which it's going to perform. It seems like the dream, right? Well, it could also be a bad dream if it gets hit by a hurricane. And the bigger issue is because these storms and this erratic weather is happening more frequently, insurance companies are already dropping people. So which means they won't insure in those markets. Or if they do have a a company that will insure in that market, the rates will be astronomical. And that is really scary for a project, especially if you're thinking of like a larger $30 million, $50 million apartment community or shopping center or any of those things. Um, So we focus on more inland. So if I were looking at Florida, which is where I'm from, I definitely would look at central Florida and not coastal. Again, I'm not saying that are investing coastal or doing it wrong or bad. It's just where we feel for our investors If I'm putting, and I put my capital in and my business partner, we put our own capital into the deals that we do with our investors. So I want for them what I want for me. I want them to be in the safest, best secure position they can be in. Now that doesn't mean in Orlando or central Florida, we won't get a hurricane, we won't get a storm, we won't get any of these in climate weather patterns, but it's much less likely to happen and much less likely to be catastrophic. And even, gosh, People, State Street Capital, BlackRock, they're already looking a couple of years down the line and saying, will we want to put our money in properties in these markets? And they're actually looking at their portfolios and they're making some decisions today. And we're going to start to see some things in the next two years, three years, probably about where they will go, where they won't go. And it'll have a lot to do with what's going on with climate. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. We've been hearing a lot of the chatter about the big companies like BlackRock mm-hmm. and everything like yeah. moving and looking to acquire large portfolios of real estate assets. Yep, exactly. And that's, if you think about if somebody's going to be in a passive investment, a syndication for five years, seven years, 10 years, those are things that should be considered in our opinion, you know, like, okay, well, what do we look like down the line? Because if we are in a deal in one of those markets and we can't get insured, we're not going to be able to get refinanced or be able to finance out, pay out our investors or even sell because somebody's coming in and they can't get financed and they can't get insurance. And case in point, you know, 
mortgage companies, big or small, are not going to finance if you know insurance isn't going to underwrite there. So even on a single family home. Absolutely. So let's take a hypothetical question scenario about an investor who's looking to get started with passive investing in real estate. So let's say that they have an extra $50,000 in their Uh bank that is just sitting there. If they were to leave it in the bank and then they Mm -hmm. would just leave in their savings account, what would that look like? And then if they had instead taken that money and invested it into a passive investment, how would that look like in the next five years? And how does that help them achieve their financial goals over time? That is a phenomenal question. I love that question. So I've had a lot of coaching and training by different people. And one of my favorite expressions that I've ever heard from a coach was, it's just math, (laughs) right? And what is really good is I never thought I was good at math. But now I've gotten much better at it. I think calculating ROI and when you're making cash and money and opportunity, it's different. But let's just take your example of a savings account. So if somebody has $100,000, let's say, and they put it in a savings account, and and I'm just jotting because I like to, when I I can see better when I- I'm visual. I'm a visual learner also. Yeah, I'm so visual. So $100,000 in a savings account for five years. So what is the rate of a savings account in general? What half a percent interest? I think even less than that. I point. don't even know. I think it's like, <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I think it's like 0.01 to 0.03 or something like that. Wow. It's okay. Very, very tiny. <laughs> okay. So let's just talk about inflation for a second. What's the inflation rate? You have any idea? Well, I think last year was like 2% or something. They said or- two to 3%. Now, Think about what affects the inflation rate. One big thing that's happening and with it's always been happening, but it happened more prevalently with COVID is the printing of money. So back in 1971, President Nixon took us off the gold standard. Before 1971, every dollar that was printed was backed by gold. So now the challenge is they printed more dollars. And so every time they print, the value of money goes down. So a lot of people really misunderstand what inflation is. They think, oh, the cost of goods are going up. Actually, the opposite. It's the value of money or cash going down. So it takes more money to buy the same item. So a carton of eggs or a box of cereal or milk at the grocery store, gas, rent, anything that we consume. So... If you just look, let's say, let's just go back to two to 3%. Does it make sense to save money that's earning 0.03% on a good day, but losing 2% every day? So you're in the negative. If you just do the math on that, it's just a negative number. Now the inflation rate, it's interesting what they publish and somebody really looked at it. Those numbers, I think it's about 4% right now. Those numbers don't include food and fuel. Nothing we need, right? It would be like making a household budget, not including you know food for your family and gas for your car. So it'd be kind of silly. So now let's take that same $100,000 and let's say an investor invests it in a syndication for five years. And let's say they're earning 10%. I'm being very conservative here because most you know, syndications, opportunities that we look for are much higher than that. But just simple math already without me doing anything else, if I look at, okay, well, it's losing 2% 
and I'm making 10%. Well, I'm still at an 8% gain. And what that's going to do is it's going to allow my money to duplicate itself faster. The problem without this ability to duplicate the money faster is retirement and time. Because at the end of the day, our money needs to duplicate itself three to four times just to continue to retire into the lifestyle we're retiring out of. And if the inflation rate still climbs, which I think they're still printing money, so I'm assuming that it will still climb. I don't have a crystal ball. But if you go on a site like usdebtclock.org, you actually can start to see what's going on there. So now what's interesting is, let's say that this is an investment that is a 12% return. The way we look at it, it's a mathematical formula. Have you heard of the rule of 72? So the rule of 72 says you take your interest rate and you divide it by 72. And that's how many years it'll take for your money to double. So if you took that $100,000 and maybe it was in a traditional retirement account that was paying 6% on average, that means it would take 12 years for the money to double. Now that's If you're looking at, depending on how old you are and what you're starting out with in your account, that can be a a very daunting number. But if it's in a syndication or it's in a passive investment real estate strategy and it's earning 12%, well, now the money's going to double in six years. So every six years, that investor can create more money just from their money. So those are the really big difference is the ability to allow our capital to duplicate itself faster so that we can offset inflation for ourselves and our family. Absolutely. No, I think that was really awesome. Especially when you put it that way, it's how can we make our money work the hardest for us without having to put the time in? Correct. Yeah. That's one of the things that really inspired my business partner and I um, to, we were both very much in love with passive income because we saw that it literally changed our family's financial DNA. Like it allowed us to really have opportunity to create more. And this is where it can be a game changer for a family. Even as I think back, even when my husband and I were starting and we weren't what I would call retired yet, because we still worked a lot in our business, it still afforded us extras, right? The passive income was extra. So we could take that extra trip. We could help out our elderly parents because we definitely needed to do that. And my mom, particularly, we had to support her fully for a while. So it gave us opportunity to do the things that we wanted to do. And that's, what's really cool. And then the more we did it, the the better became. So also you mentioned, you know, it has also impacted your family as well. And it's changed your, your guys' real estate or your investing DNA and how you guys look at money and investing. How have you guys been able to incorporate your kids into what you guys do and exposing them and getting them the financial education at an earlier on so that later on where, you know, they might not necessarily learn these types of skills in school, at least they have some type of foundation that they can utilize later on in their own paths. Correct. Yeah. I am a very big proponent of education is um, game playing with kids. So from the time my kids were young, we played Monopoly and we played Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We played Cashflow and we taught them 
how money works. And that is so different from what they learn in school because in school, we all have learned to go to school and get the grades and get the good job. And that's it. Go to college, get into a good college, come out with a degree and hope you get a job in the field that you want and hope you make the better paycheck kind of thing. But that kind of lifestyle, what we taught our kids is we always try to teach them that it's not good, bad, right or wrong. There's going to be people that do things differently. So I always, and I, and I walk that line because it's something that is not for everybody. Right. So, but for us, we told them, if you want to go to college, I've got a daughter that's just turned 17. So she's a junior in high school. So college is coming up and they both have college funds if they want to go and it's looking like they do. But what's cool is they can choose a subject or something that really interests them and speaks to their heart because they're not going to choose it just because of a, a paycheck. Right. And we've taught them how to invest. So from the time they were little, the conversations we had at the dinner table, the books we gave them to read, um, mindset, their belief system about how money works. My daughter is always like, anytime we're doing anything new business, Hey, will you show me? What are you doing? They're very interested in it because it's just part of our everyday conversation. I think that it's really important for kids to know this and know that, Hey, not everybody's meant to be a physician or be an attorney. Some people are meant to be a business owner. Those are necessary as well. So I think that's been us just talking with them, showing them, we actually over COVID, we actually did, and we haven't done residential real estate in years. We actually were working on a flip with them, walking them through what would we do in a flip and what would we do first? What would we do second? And how would we buy it? How would we finance it? What would we do? We did a lot of fictitious case studies, pulled our old case studies and, and went through those with them and showed them a lot. And they loved it. They can understand it. If they can play Xbox and get on an iPad, they can understand it. It's very simple math. Yeah. One of the other guests that I had talked to, they also said that, you know, it's just about exposure and just exposing them to the different types of things that we're working on and having those conversations with them and just having them listen into whatever you're working on, even though it doesn't, it might not stick right now, but at least later on when they come to meet it or they happen to chance encounter it on their own terms it like all of a sudden just clicks. And then at that point, they at least have the tools in their toolbox, decide to work for, it for whatever they want to do. But uh-huh. it's just giving them that extra opportunity, that extra like tool that they can utilize for whatever they decide to do. They notice it, right? Kids will do what you do, not what you say. And I remember when my son was like seven, he goes, mommy. I said, yeah. And he goes, do you and daddy work? And I said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, like, you're always home and stuff. And he goes, well, unless you travel to teach a class or something, he goes, but like, do you, how does our house make money? Is what he was asking. Like, what, what do you do? And so I showed him, I said, you know, this is how we do it. And he goes, wow. Well, why doesn't everybody do that? You know, cause it just made so much sense to him. Right. Out of the mouth of babes. You right. work. What do you guys do? Well, especially because what they're exposed to is just a traditional path. You know, parents go to work, they come back home, they spend some time with their kids. And then in in your household, particularly, you don't necessarily have to go to an office. You don't have to go to a job where you're working for somebody. You have control over your own time and you can 
flex it however you want to. And then you have your money working for you, not necessarily working for your money anymore. So it's yeah. a different concept. And so it's interesting that he noticed it and, and at yeah. least asked the question. Yeah, for sure. And you know, there's things that we do work in our business on that we enjoy, but it's always something that we enjoy. And so it doesn't really feel like work. Yes. And, and some days are crazier than others. <laughs> we have that too. But overall, it's a great gig. So what do you think is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I will say that my, the big factor is going to be your mindset. I came from a family, they were, you know, very hardworking family. My husband, same thing. So when we decided to go this path, most of them were like, what are you crazy? Like, no, because they didn't really understand it. And we started to realize that who we were around, even if we love them and their family, you know, might not be the best influence for business or our business or what we wanted to do. So getting around like-minded people, because it's really mindset is your belief system, right? And, but your environment can be stronger than your willpower. So if you're around a lot of people that are are negative about what you're doing, it's really challenging. So getting aligned with like-minded people and really being solid and Getting a solid, why do you want to do what you want to do and following your heart and your gut and really educating yourself. I think that's what sets investors that are successful apart from everybody else is they have a very solid mindset. And if you were to choose one resource that has helped develop your education on real estate investing, what would that be? Gosh, the first big impact on mindset was when I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So if somebody was really just a beginner, that would be, and it's all mindset. It's not going to be application in the book, but the mindset is amazing. So that was a really big thing. I I love books. Go to a class, go to a workshop, go to a seminar. Those you will learn really great things in that environment that you don't really learn in other places. And what's cool is usually they're like a day or half a day or, or two or three days. And it's probably the best time you'll ever spend on yourself because you'll learn what a real estate investor is doing. You'll learn mindset. You'll learn about all the different options. And some parts of it will resonate with you more than others, different strategies. How would we find a class or a seminar to attend? Well, I would definitely go online and look at resources. I have spoken for many and taught real estate classes like that for many, many years. I don't at this time, but I do teach them for my company on our site for our passive investors. But Fortune Builders is fantastic. I know Fan really well, and that's a great resource. They've got a lot of great resources on on their site, so they would be a good one. I'm not really sure. That would be residential. Uh, they They do also teach commercial as well. But off the top of my head, that would be a really good one. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Dina. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much for coming on to the show. I loved your story and how you've been able to create your passive income for yourself and for uh-huh. your family and how it shaped you guys and propelled you guys to, where, to the goals that you were wanting to achieve so that now yeah. you can spend it however you'd like. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been amazing. So, And so if our listeners wanted to find out a little bit more about you, Dina, uh-huh. and what you're doing in this space, where's the best place that they can go? Uh, the best place to go is pcrpgroup.com. That's our website. For your listeners that are wanting to get into passive investing, kind of like what we talked about with that are accredited investors, 
that would be a great place to go. I do a complete educational series on it. We're going to actually drop that in the middle of next month. And it's all complimentary. So definitely become part of our Hassan Investor Club. You'll get a lot of information there. Or you're welcome to email me at dina at pcrpgroup.com. And uh, I'd be happy to connect and, and share anything I can about passive income. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Dina. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.